Welcome to the Learn Perform Mixtape. I'm your host for this podcast, Laura Pasquini. I created this podcast to prepare me and maybe you for the Certified Professional Learning and Performance Exam, the CPLP. These series of podcasts will be my open study notes. Welcome to the learning. In this episode, we're diving into area of expertise number seven, integrated talent management. In this section, we'll also talk a bit about uh, what's coming up in 7.1 key components of talent management systems. But first, a little bit about uh, integrated talent management. So this area of expertise is really about building an organization's culture, engagement, capability and capacity through implementation and integration of talent. That's through acquisition, recruitment, employee development. How do you retain these employees and professionals? And what's the part of their development processes within your organization? So you really want to ensure that these systems, processes, and plans are aligned to any of the goals and missions and vision for your organization. This section of the CPLP exam is weighted eight to nine percent, and that's about 12 to 14 questions. So this area of expertise, number seven, builds an organization's culture, engagement, and all that, right? So we're really focused on, in short, Integrated talent management ensures organizations have the right people with the right skills in the right jobs and at the right time. This means thinking about human resources, organizational development, talent and professional development, and more because you really want to bring out um, things like product services and output aligned with people's knowledge, skills, abilities, and aptitudes. So this area of expertise seven really focuses on the key components for talent management systems, which I'll get into next. Uh, We'll look at workforce planning and talent acquisition approaches. So around recruitment, we look at career development theories and approaches, individual and organizational assessment tools, talent management analytics, new and emerging talent management software solutions, approaches to maximizing the workplace diversity, and legal and ethical issues related to integrated talent management. So this section closely is related to managing learning programs, area of expertise six, uh, specifically the 6.8 legal, regulatory, and ethical requirements. So in this section, you might hear me use talent development manager, maybe a department manager or manager. Those are the people in charge of supervising the talent, the professionals. So an example of an action If I was thinking about coordinating succession planning, that's the key thing I'm going to do, the output would be that succession plan and the template or blueprint for how employees move up, or if supervisors move up or out, then who would step in and take their role. Another example might be promoting things we're going to do are promoting high performance workplaces and administering performance management systems. And some of the outputs might be career appraisal programs, maybe team alignment, or Thinking about evaluating things like surveys, measurement of changes, and return on investments. So this whole area deals with the talent strategy. This might be this might include analysis of the stakeholders, the talent reviews, performance evaluations, 360-degree feedback kind of programs, or even thinking about career ladders and succession planning and how we have that developed through mentoring, coaching, action learning programs, leadership programs, things like that. So uh, we're going to get into a few of those things. And one interesting article I started reading, because I pulled out a book by Elaine Beach, she wrote in 2018, What Works in Talent Development, Starting a Talent Development Program. Uh, she talks about a culture's impact, the learning culture's impact in building a, of a culture of learning. And there's a great white paper that talks about that. Of Top performing organizations are five times more likely to have a learning culture 
three times more likely to use the learning culture in recruiting, and three times more likely to hold leaders accountable for demonstrating learning importance. So an example of this, if you're going to emphasize learning, then you're going to have it from your own recruitment and hiring. I think about current jobs that I'm applying to now that require some sort of work sample, an assignment, or you bring in a project presentation or something else to show the team that you know and you can perform. I think that's really important. Or they might even have things like assessments, like how are you thinking about logic and reasoning if you're looking for a research analyst position, or they want to think about design and creativity of how you might map out or wireframe a website if you're doing some user experience UX, UI design. So I think it's really interesting that um, not only do ATD, but the Society for Human Resource Management also thinks about learning culture as a community of employees instilled with a growth mindset. That makes me think of Dweck's growth mindset book and thinking about how you can always be updating your information, accountable for specific learning, and how there's might not be financial reward or compensation, but there's just embedded values of being an ongoing learner in a professional way. I put a link to an article that's open. It's a blog on the TD Magazine website, 10 Ways to Build a Culture of Continuous Learning by Joanne Wells. And really, it emphasizes that organizations who commit to helping employees grow will see the value in their bottom line. So you really want to think about planning and communicating how that learning happens and encouraging managers to set these into sort of vision as they set out business objectives, how they're going to coach their employees, and how they're going to set their own goals. Um, These are some of the ways you want to instill. Some of the books for this section I'm going to include to read and reference will be the one I mentioned, The What Works in Talent Development by Beach, the Employee Training and Development book I used, a textbook by No, the seventh edition, and the ASTD Handbook, the Definitive Reference for Training Development, the second edition that was out in 2014, edited by Elaine Beach. And finally, Training Development for Dummies by Elaine Beach. She seems to write a lot in this section, so you might tap into any of those books and pull out pieces just to reference as we go through. So let's dive into 7.1 key components of talent management systems. So let's just define talent management systems to begin with. So this is a system or process organized how talent is managed within an organization or company. So they might identify critical factors, key components that should be part of the talent management system, whether it's recruiting, whether it's professional development or learning, and much more. So how can talent development professionals help to overcome some of the mystery in managing employees and talent? That's what this really gets into in Area of Expertise 7, 7.1. Talent management, defined by no, is the systematic planned and strategic effort by a company to use bundles of human resource management practices, including acquiring and assessing employees, learning development, performance management, and compensation to attract, retain, develop, and motivate highly skilled employees and managers. Now, this basic overarching definition of talent management is really critical because we're seeing changes in involving roles in our work, in our occupational trends, industries, and needs within our jobs. So there are needs for looking at how we manage talent and developing these skills, obtaining knowledge, and applying concepts within our career journeys will definitely shift as we see emerging technologies, generational differences, leadership development needs, and more. Building a talent development structure is an interesting white paper that was out in 2015 that ATD put out, ATD Research. Uh, You may not be able to link to the full document, but there is actually an archived webinar that talks a little bit about this report. It really organizes talent development into 15 primary functions and 24 secondary functions in the structure. So a primary function might be an employee engagement program, managing learner program, maybe coaching, compliance, instructional design, needs assessment, onboarding, things like that. 
The secondary function has a list of 24, and some of those might be things like recruitment, knowledge management, compensation and benefits, tuition assistance, uh, strategic planning, recognition and rewards, and things like that. So there's an interesting model that builds upon what this would look like. And the archive webcast, Building a Talent Development Structure Without Borders, is one that you could free and the watch and review. And I put into this episode's notes for your review. In 7.1, the key components of talent management systems, this relates to this structure, specifically with the following learning objectives. Describing two approaches to workforce planning and talent acquisition. Outline performance management elements necessary for successful talent management. Defining the types of learning opportunities available for employee development. Identifying viable succession plans that are actionable. Explain the roles of compensation rewards in talent management. And relating organizational strengths to the engagement and retention strategy. So let's get into that. Workforce planning and talent acquisition approaches are varied. So many companies really rely on um, hiring as a key critical component. And you can tell if they're really specific. So one of them might look at it in two different ways. So we see uh, the capability and capacity to meet strategic challenges and to plan ahead. So the first approach that those are pretty proactive um, might be targeted and reactive. So you, this is if you've conducted a gap analysis in your org to determine any root cause or why this gap exists. So maybe there's potential talent solution that you just don't have. So you need to hire someone with the skills or abilities. Um, often you consider the cost to develop internal talent first, or you decide if you should acquire and hire external talents. So to get buy-in for the solution and implementation, you're going to want to think about a recruitment strategy to attract the right talent and new professionals. Some organizations do this by being one of the top ranked trained development orgs that in the top 100. I could put a link into our episode notes. And others just have a good reputation for um, developing, coaching, and bringing great talent on and encouraging them to continue to grow in the org. The second approach or ways that talent acquisition plan goes about is a talent shortage lens. So this is planning ahead and this is to be proactive. So by taking the steps, you really are clarifying your business drivers, strategies and talent needs to support both. Right. So you want to look at the strategies and the needs. Researching current and future labor markets, this can be internal and external for the talent supply and demand. So what's in need, what skills are. So I think about data analytics um, being a hot commodity in many areas and also people looking for user experience design. Model future workforce settings and scenarios to provide input for strategies aligned to the talent pool and businesses. So in an org, you might have different kind of buckets, silos, departments with different types of talent. So you want to know um, how this looks like in each unit. Is there a spread of knowledge and skills between them and things like that? If you outline expected talent gaps beyond the obvious, the skills or just the numbers you have, you're thinking about critical insights on how to close gaps and predicting almost future needs. Finally, this approach develops a comprehensive, holistic, measurable workforce plan to close the gaps before there's any limitations to the organization's ability to execute business, strategy, production, things like that. So this is an overall picture of planning. So talented, targeted, reactive is one, or talent shortage lens, which is proactive and planning ahead. So you probably know and seen some of these in your own industries and organizations, and you can probably determine where you fit in. 
Performance management through strategy and process will establish and integrated expectations, developing capabilities, and ways to improve performance. So you're going to think of that ahead, like if you have retirements ahead, new hires, emerging technologies, or new strategic directions a company is going to take. You'll have a talent development professional manage performance by thinking about clarifying responsibilities, establishing accountability for goals, standards, and expectations, providing learning opportunities and building capabilities, providing resources and required support for training and development, and developing action plans, reviewing progress, providing feedback and coaching, and taking corrective action when necessary. Performance management is a proactive system that really ensures quality work is done successfully throughout an organization. So this is an ongoing uh, proactive preventative measure. Employee development overall, we know as professional development, leverages formal and informal learning opportunities to ensure that your employees have the right skills for their current jobs and maybe are developing skills and knowledge for future career opportunities or industry needs within their roles or roles to come. 70 to 75% of work-related learning happens informally outside a classroom or course. This includes coaching, reading, mentoring, self-study, using social media, or just searching the internet for how to do things and improve on things. Other ways you can think about training and education programs might be internal or external. So maybe they go to a college course, a conference, a certificate, a workshop, or training program. It could be on the job. So job shadowing someone else, uh, mobile devices um, for quick mobile learning, upgrading skills, or working through a problem with others on the job so they can learn by project development and peer mentoring. Self-development, self-study, so formally or informally, activities like reading, so you might have um, a focused reading article or a book you're reading each month, um, using social media or taking online courses. So we've seen folks take advantage of uh, webinars and seminars and webcasts. Maybe online learning, like an internet or corporate learning online. Some um, places like edX has sponsored courses. I've seen PwC sponsor some data analytics, and they have them structured in a curriculum that's formal or informal, like using a massive open online course or a MOOC. Job rotation, so that's a plan schedule for different job assignments. It's often linked with succession planning to develop a pool of employees who might be capable to step up into key jobs or taking on a leadership position or just getting cross-training in a different area. Leader and management programs are often ones that are planned for succession planning. So if you're looking at developing other managers or supervisors, you're going to have training as an integrated talent management program. So this might include mentoring programs or sponsorships, which I think sponsorships are very much focused and targeted in developing some skills and abilities like leadership. You may have action learning, like potential leaders study their own actions and experiences to improve performance or even coaching programs. As organizations grow and employees leave, the company must be able to draw upon a pool of talent to fill key positions. And this could be inside the business or it might be external. So how do they meet the needs of the business challenges? Most effective development programs for employees support three key tenants. Each person is responsible for his or her own development. So they'll track their own professional development plan. Executives are responsible for guiding and supporting the development of their employees. And the organization is responsible for providing opportunities for the growth of all. This comes to next stages where we think about succession planning. And the two key questions regarding talent management are, one, do we have qualified people ready to fill key positions now and grow the business in the next three to five years? Consider these the short-term emphasis and goals. The second question is, will we have enough qualified candidates ready in five to 10 years to fill key positions? This is a long-term emphasis for that succession planning. 
How will you identify and develop talent within your organization is often done through systematic evaluation processes, right? So this ensures the organization, the company has candidates available to fill these critical roles. And that includes, um, as a professional of talent, identifying and analyzing critical roles. What are they? And identifying growth, decline, and other changes affecting these critical roles. Are there potential attritions from these roles? Are there high potential individuals that are suited for these roles? And who should we select? Which talent and employees are ready for these particular or certain roles? Determining success in the program structure will also look at assessing talent against job and personal requirements and assisting with creation of individual development plans. Employees should understand how, where, and when they can move up the career ladder. You really want to encourage management discussions on what these needs are. You want to continue to monitor these talent management discussions because you'll see attrition and candidate progress. So this could be the regular performance reviews, assessments, appraisals, or check-ins they have with their supervisors. Use outside information to fine-tune any plans. And this is an ongoing and living process. So succession planning requires regular reviews and considerations when you're looking at talent. For compensation rewards, this can be a key and critical component for any job candidate that's coming in and an important factor to retain your talent. So this could include those benefits they get like medical, vacation, retirement, investment, stock options, and more. And it could also be the value of work-life balance or flexible work schedules. So it could be accessing different technologies or the ability to work remotely and have childcare or other benefits offered. Engagement and retention for employees and talent is really the goal to create a desirable environment where employees have the tools, resources, and professional opportunities to develop skills and fulfill their own career goals. For long-term career growth and opportunity strategies, employees really are empowered to reach their full potential and add to the organization. They really want to have their own professional growth and development. And there's seven key drivers of engagement. So one of them is trust and integrity. So how much are those managers and leaders communicating and walking the walk, talking the talk? And the nature of the job, are they stimulated day to day? Is it interesting? They're going to look at the line of sight between employee and performance. So do they understand how and what they do and how they contribute contributes back to the bigger goals of the organization and the company they work for? Uh, the fourth one is career growth opportunities. Are there opportunities to grow? Or is there a career ladder? Where can they go next within the organization? Pride in the company is really critical. That's five. So how much the employee feels connected because they're associated with the company is, is critical for long-term retainment. Six is coworkers and team members. I think that's probably higher up on there because who you work with on a day-to-day plays a significant role and influences your own level of engagement and why you stay or why you go or why you commit to certain projects, work, hours, and experiences. And finally, number seven is employee development. That's the professional development. How is the company making an effort to develop their employee skills, learn knowledge, tool up, and engage them for their current career, future jobs, or somewhere else that may even say be out of the company? Finally, interrelationships among talent management components are really critical. So if you think at this whole system and how we manage talent, employees can develop skills. They want to work more effectively, efficiently, produce sustainable growth for themselves, grow professionally, and help the organization attain its goals. So it's kind of a multi-balancing act to manage talent and manage how the talent is being productive within the organization. Success is about planning. And we really want to think about 
uh, planning for and acquiring talent to ensure people are performed to meet and exceed their expectations. And to help the organization move forward, you want to make sure you're helping people get there. So that's developing the talent for the future of their work and finding others that will help to contribute to that work. That's all I have for talent management systems on this episode. If you have ways and things that you consider really critical for uh, managing talent and a system and a process that you're doing in your organization, love to hear it. Thanks for listening to the Learn Perform Mixtape. If you're liking this podcast, subscribe, tell a friend, give me a like and give me a review. If you're studying for the CPLP or you have already, let me know. I'd love to chat and I'd love to get your advice. Comments, questions, thoughts, and love are always welcome. And I have my details in every episode notes. So please reach out. Let's connect.